0: Of Untrue Crime, where fiction meets felonies. I'm Belda Wing. And I'm Alexandria Parker. Today's episode includes content warnings for mental institutions, drug abuse, suicide, and animal death. This is your fair warning that this podcast uses explicit language
1: before someone walks in at just the wrong time. As a last warning, today's episode includes content warnings for mental institutions, drug abuse, suicide, and animal death. Let's get this started, shall we? We shall. This story is set in a world with strict magical law which forbids those with magic to live with those that don't have it. Upon learning that your child has the touch, they are whisked away to the world of enchanters and potion brewers, only to be heard of through letters and only to be seen during a mandated time. Other than the parents of these magical children, the world does not know of the second one living just under their noses. They go about their daily lives, wondering what that building could possibly be, not knowing it hides a portal to a hidden city. The non-magical world runs as history writes it, and the magical world tends to follow suit, but not always. If you recognize this intro, don't be amiss, as we're once again in the world at Holmes, Suan and Dom. However, this time, we're in the early to mid-1800s, not the 1900s, meaning that it is aware of its approaching doom. Today, we're not in the Netherlands at all. Today, we are in Great Britain. St. Dimphnes was a hospital built in 1762, renovated from a vacant, magical castle. Though there are many portals scattered about it to lead to the check-in of St. Diffna's, the most common way was to teleport in. For quite some time, it remained simply a physical hospital. They'd do surgeries, they'd give medical potions, they'd do check-ups and help mothers give birth. This was nothing new to the world. It was only that they dealt with magic that was truly unique. Soon enough, it became one of the more regular hospitals in the area and became renowned for their quality of care. Of course, with their high standard of care and the amount of patients coming to and from, it only made sense to expand. In 1800, the asylum of St. Difna was open for new patients, partnered with multiple medical potion brewers that were more than happy to come see if they could help.
0: No. I already don't like it. In 1800, the asylum, no. This is going to be bad. 1800 the asylum. asylum. You no. Know, Even mental health institutions today are not perfect about treating their patients well. And in the 1800s, it was worse. It was a lot worse. Significantly worse. I think there's a point where I even mention it where it's like, nope, it was bad. If you think you know it was bad, it was bad. Yeah. I, mm, I'm not thrilled. I know. Continue on. I know. (laughs) Okay, let us, let us continue. I shall. That sounded very,
1: that sounded very 1800s. Let us continue, I shall. shall.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, the next line is about this being a horrible situation. Oh my goodness. Okay, excellent. Perfect.
1: If you've ever heard of a mental institution from this period of time, you'll know that this was not good for patients, no matter how good they claimed it to be. Treatment was not refined, therapies were intense, schedules were poor, and they had a long way to go in the field of magical and normal psychology. For now, asylums were a way to keep those that were deemed unsavory out of the eyes of those around them. Asylums were for the quote-unquote normal people to hide away the quote-unquote odd people. Very few, if not none, were truly for the mentally ill. Alas, everyone starts somewhere, and this somewhere happens to be very unsafe. But we're not talking about those horrors today. That's for another episode. Today, we're talking about the potioneers that focus their energy on creating medicines for the magic, some of the earliest psychological magical drugs. Nolan Notley and Ernest Withers were two potioneers working with St. Diphnas to attempt to heal mental illness through potions. That
0: sounds like a poor thing. Sounds like that's not going to go well. That's my prediction not exactly a super smart prediction considering obviously it's not gonna go well this is untrue crime but i don't like where this is headed what if they're do-gooders what if this is story of do gooder feel goodness what if i'm throwing you for a list i think that what's gonna happen see this is back in ye olden days you know in ye olden days they were just like aww are you sad? Maybe you should sit in a barrel under a full moon and do cocaine yeah. about it. Like, I can't expect <laughs> this to be much better than that. It's, it's not. It is not a happy story. I will have
1: to throw in a happy story and be like, and it was sunshines and rainbows. <laughs> no. It would be so funny, though. It would be funny. Three.
0: You can't tell them what season or else they're going to be expecting it. we got to okay. throw it in completely unexpected. Okay. okay. I will. It'll come, okay.
1: They had attended a prestigious institution, a Riviere's Research Institution and Academics, ARIA for short. They were not unqualified people to be taking the job on, but it was far too early in history for them to attempt it. They would send their research back to the institution and their colleagues would occasionally take the long train ride to come and assist them. Alas, what happened still happened. In 1812, after a one year long period of observation, Nolan Notley and Ernest Withers finally pitched their idea for a potion to use to assist with these people, something they thought might help them. A numbing potion, but not for the muscles, for the mind. Something to dull the emotions that these people seemed to not be able to manage in what they considered to be normal ways. Because the medical ethics were so loose in the past, they were able to test these on live subjects as the process went on. Oh, it's so awful. There are so many medical ethics things
0: that... I'm so glad exists now. You know how long po- it took them to get patient confidentiality. <laughs> and the concept of potion that just shuts your brain off. Lerp, slurp slurp. Clearly lost. It just slurps the thoughts and feelings right out of your head. That sounds bad. We don't we don't like to slurp thoughts here. No, I as I am not a medical professional, for the record. I know Neither not nothing all. about biology, actually. But I think that taking people's emotions out of their head, just kind of yoinking them out of there, I feel like that's not the best idea. I also don't think that it's the best idea. But this is the
1: 1800s, and what they understood yeah. was, huh, emotions, problem? This is problematic. (laughs) So I'll just take take them them away. away. They don't get that privilege
0: anymore. This seems like the kind of thing they would give to, like, quote unquote, hysterical women. Oh, you're going to be pissed. No! Okay. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You can keep going. It's not even hysterical women sometimes. No. Well, none of the women were actually hysterical just they're like oh i'm sorry do you suffer from postpartum depression how about we make you sit in a quiet room with nothing to do so that you can settle down because surely that's gonna help also take this This heroin used much more drastically because they just consider women to be a problem cheers to 1812 yay 1812
1: no one suffered anything major but it is relevant that they did do human testing. Or enchanter testing, that is. Finally, after many, many names, in 1813, the first usable dose of torpin was created. It was not exactly what they wanted, but it was good enough. It dulled emotions drastically for periods of 13 to 21 hours, depending
0: on the purpose. If my y- medical professional came to me and said, Hey, I have this brand new drug for you to try. It's not exactly what I want, but it's good enough. You never want your medical treatment to be good enough. You know, like, oh, but it's the 1800s. Coming back to bite them in the ass. The rest of the story is them trying to desperately run away from this consequence. They're just like, it's like back in the day if they're like, oh, do you have an infection in your, your leg? Well, we can solve that problem. We'll cut it off and we'll call that good enough. Because guess what? If there's no leg, there's no infection. No leg, no hurt. If, if my doctor ever was like, yeah, here, this will be good enough, I would feel upset. <laughs> so we also have to remember that these
1: people in the 1800s were in a mental institution, which means that they just handed it to people and were like, drink. I Eat. consume.
0: Consume. Down it shots what is it we don't care you don't need to know you're a woman drink it but do, it. do you not trust us we're doctors and also you've been assigned here so you're gonna drink it actually you you are adhd so you don't deserve to know what's in your medication
1: do you fuck have depression
0: it. well <laughs> fuck you <Not> anymore. <laughs> yeah. you have nothing now you want to have oh, depression I'm- or nothing I'm sorry, do you have autism? Well, I guess you just don't deserve to know what you're, you're consuming uh, when we give you drugs. Drink. Just, just drink it. Drink. la la
1: When used properly, there was an essence of emotion, but something too far for the user to reach. The emotions would return to them at a slow pace, letting doctors know when it might be time for another dose. Unfortunately, this is when it was used properly in a perfect world. But this world is far from perfect. Doctors began to use it to treat anything that they could not handle: mania, psychosis, a breakdown, grieving, anything. Sometimes it would be prescribed to women with eccentric personalities to calm them down enough for their husbands. Other times it was uh, that scared me. Jump scare. I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
0: I'm that was sorry. the true <laughs>
1: crime of the untrue
0: crimes. <laughs>
1: Other times, it was given before funerals, so one would not have to suffer during the funeral itself. They were not loose with it, but it was one of very few options, so they were perfectly fine using it very liberally. Overdoses were common, as dosage size varied person to person. Exact portions seemed to be something that they were still ironing out when torpin was allowed to be used by the general public. When it was overdosed on, it would not dampen emotions, but remove them entirely. The return of emotions would not be slow and gradual, with them being given time to adjust to their returning feelings, but it would become incredibly rapid. In records now held by the magical government, it is claimed that people would get the emotions back just as fast as they had down the potion. If they'd drink in it all in one breath, they'd get every emotion that had occurred in the background in one swift breath. It was unpredictable, overwhelming,
0: and world-shattering. Fainting was not uncommon when overdoses were off. I realized our wonderful listeners cannot see me, so just so everyone knows, I'm rolling my eyes. I also could not see you. I was reading, so... Yeah.
1: I, I like that aggressive blink, though. That was-, that was pretty nice. In appearance,
0: Torpen was golden color, with shifting magic shiny. that was slow- And Yeah, it was shiny! It was a shiny little potion. At least it's shiny. If, if it's gonna be a detriment to society, the least it can do is be a shiny detriment to society. It is very shiny, and it moves
1: really slow, so it, it almost like moves things. slow in time, where if you turn it, it's gonna take forever. It's, it moves like molasses if-
0: mm. or not even like
1: molasses, like water, if you slow down the timing of water. Okay, I fuck with it, yeah, okay. Yeah, it, because it slows down emotions, it's pretty, it's pretty good world building, if I do say so myself. Oh, hell yeah. Its taste was similar to that of weak tea and iron. If torpen was off, it would have a stronger herbal taste, but the appearance itself would not change. This made it difficult to recognize when torpen was brewed incorrectly, as it would be up for the user to take that risk. It is unknown how common this was. When brewed incorrectly, there was a risk of losing emotions entirely for periods of months, years, and even permanently. Though, at the time, they couldn't prove how long it would last. Without emotions, patients did unpredictable things for those that had emotions. The person no longer regards their own personal safety, frequently ignoring their needs until they die of starvation, hydration, or doing something that they believed to be safe, but their body was unable to perform. More times than not, they would become solely goal-oriented and do anything it took to achieve that goal, even if it would not provide them anything good. Because of this, it was not uncommon for torpin users to make active attempts to kill others that they deemed immoral. They were also often released from the institution as they acted fine until they were let out as it would best suit their goal.
0: I feel like it's, it's dangerous in that way, but even if like you weren't on a horrible dose of torpin, that could still be dangerous. Like If you don't have emotions, that means you don't care about other people. They automatically removes your your empathy your compassion for others so it's just me 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 it is exactly and they get locked on the last
1: big goal that they had they Mm. want to do that goal that is all they know that they have to do because it's their last want really
0: somehow i feel that a lot of people were given torpen at saint dympha's felt their last goal was to leave yeah, so there are most likely a lot of overdose torpen users out in the wild. Mm,
1: yep. And that's, that's upsetting, because especially if it's not permanent, and we don't know if it depends on the person, what really affects it because it was, it was outlawed so fast. Spoiler alert. But we don't know if it was permanent. For all we know, it was for a
0: few months, and then they came back. Well. Better outside of St. Dymphna's than inside St. Dymphna's. At least they escaped. Yeah.
1: To attempt to counteract this overdose issue, a counter-drug went into hasty effect. Notely and Withers sprung into action, dragging their colleagues to the hospital, begging for more resources, which both St. Dymphna's and Aria sent them. In an attempt to counter torpin, the effects of an overdose, misuse, or botched batch of torpin, Sentio was created in 1815, making the user incredibly emotional. On its own, it boosted the user's emotions strongly, from anywhere from 2 to 20 hours depending on the person. It's a really big range. In the same way that Torpen made emotions extremely dull, Sentio makes them hyper-present. It was only meant to be a
0: counter-drug, but it was
1: still observed on its own.
0: This seems like another dangerous little brew. If you, you are on Sentio and someone pisses you off, who knows? You could have a different... Is that where this is going? Is that someone was on Sentio uh, and they committed a murder? No. Oh, okay. Well, it could happen, everybody. So you better watch it out. It absolutely could. I'd also like to point out that Torpin
1: lasts for a much shorter time period than Sentio.
0: Mm-hmm. The counterdrug. Last longer. Yeah, and I feel like that puts people at more risk of suicide and things like that. Absolutely.
1: Here's your content warning again for animal death it's about puppies, so. Researchers observed that Sentio users that were exposed to mildly upsetting scenarios, getting answers incorrect, being told that they couldn't go home early, would begin sobbing uncontrollably, become paralyzed, and have a similar reaction to learning that they had accidentally slaughtered their entire family. Mildly annoying scenarios, like a fly by the ear, a lack of manners, insisting that they were wrong when they were correct, quickly turned into screaming and violence, along with intense magical outbursts that caused mass destruction. Happiness had a similar effect. Researchers presented Sentio users with puppies, and the reaction included uncontrollable sobbing, hyperventilation, and 8 out of 10 puppies were squeezed to death. Damn. So, although there's not many recorded Sentio users that ran out into the world... Because torpin is more permanent than Sentio. I would like to point out, imagine if you saw your baby.
0: Mm. Like yeah, if you saw it, it would your not kid, be good. There goes. It would the kid. Over. Yeah. It's like cuteness aggression, but to the to the nth degree. It's exactly what it is. It is
1: everything is heightened. Despite the clear danger that this drug presented, they also observed that it was a very, very useful remedy to the all too common torpin overdoses in bad batches. Not only that, it was far easier to tell if a batch of sentio was bad, more so than a batch of torpen. In appearance, sentio was silver in color with shifting magic that was quick moving. Its taste was similar to that of citric acid and peppermint. If sentio was off, it would have a stronger peppermint taste and the appearance would be more copper with slower moving magic. The visual indication made the potioneers believe that although the potion was risky, they needed a solution fast and this was the solution. Notley and Withers were able to release the drug as an antidote to torpin rather than something standalone, but alas, many people got their hands on it as a standalone drug. Its heightened emotions were sought after, and so long as someone knew how much to take, it didn't seem like that much of a risk, right? Wrong. As it turns out, sentio was also a drug that needed to have a specific dose size, and because the timing was unpredictable, it would often outlast the torpin. The patient would appear fine one moment, the faded emotion would slowly shift to a normal one the normal emotion would shift to something concerning. The concerning display of emotions quickly turned into volatile ones. Case-by-case began coming out rapidly. Murders, assaults, robberies, suicides, brutal crimes, one after another. Users could not handle the intense emotions that came with it and would often commit suicide to get rid of them, as they could only think in extremes, even if they had never had suicidal ideation before. Not only this, but they were prone to large, magical outbursts, even if they had no intention to do so, because they were so emotional. This is a phenomenon better recorded with wandless magic, and these were wand users that were having a magical, emotional outburst. In their society, that is really scary. They don't know how to deal with that. In magical, wandless societies, they can cope with that because it's common.
0: These people have no idea what to
1: do with that information. They only know purposeful magic. Or
0: mistake magic. I guess sometimes you can do magic and it would be stupid. Accidental magical phenomena.
1: Yeah. Maybe that should be my next episode. Just stick with this one universe. hmm Of course, the government quickly became involved and conducted a speedy investigation into the potions. Arya had specialists, far more talented, far more experienced, than Notley and Withers, come to assist in this research to show their good faith, that this was just a one-off case of their people doing something odd, not a pattern. In 1822, Sentio was outlawed. The magical government claimed that Sentio was considered more irregular than Torpen, and much more dangerous. It was deemed unsafe for both the wizarding world and users. Not a week later, Torpen followed in its footsteps. Notley and Withers were quickly removed from Arya's staff as well as St. Dimphnes. Withers took this as well as he could and went back to his wife and children. He seemed to have learned his lesson, and he no longer brewed difficult experimental potions. Notley, on the other hand, did not take his firing well. He was always regarded as competitive, and this was a failure of massive proportions. He couldn't cope with it. He skipped town, settling in a smaller, more secluded town, and holds up in his basement to fix his work. With no more
0: test subjects, he resorted to using himself. It's kind of sad. I actually feel kind of bad for him. I kind of feel so... I feel bad for him because I would do that. <laughs> That's something that you would say, Hey,
1: welcome back to Untrue Crime. Belle has gone off the radar. She is fixing a
0: mistake that she wrote in last week grammatically. It has plagued she her ever since. She is not over it. We got one comment in our email and she has printed it out and put it on her bulletin board in her room. And she looks at it to remind herself to do better. And really it's concerning, to, it's concerning to watch because she'll just go up to the mirror and be like, how could I do this? And it makes me worried for her. So anyway, today's case is an untrue crime case about someone named Elza. And how she lost her mind. And it is not based on fact. I want you to know that Bilza is one of the names from Plan B, the movie. Really? Belza! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you're right, I forgot about that. We just got so bad! <laughs> we just got so bad. Okay.
1: He continued tinkering with the potions. He kept a log of it, which was later taken by the British magical government. So the recipe would be more difficult to recreate. In his journal, it was clear that the man was losing himself to the potion, both literally and metaphorically. Perhaps it had started as a simple objective, something to prove that he wasn't a failure, but it did not end like that. No, 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 what it ended up was him being on Torpin, purposefully making a bad batch so he could test it without risking losing his emotions. He did in fact lose his emotions at that point and was able to test Torpin for its quality by mouth. He was also able to taste sentio, but it no longer had an effect on him, so he was unsure if it worked. He, at that point, was better able to refine the potion, as there was no more risk of him taking it. He did, however, need subjects for this. He began to go to bars and offer his creations to people that were already clearly struggling with addictions of different means. Slowly, he built a group of quote-unquote friends that were willing to partake in his experiments. That's dark. Yeah, that's this is what torpen does to y'all kids. Don't take torpen. Don't, don't do drugs. Don't do torpen. This is what I. Don't take torpen. Yeah, don't do torpin. Dare, D-A-R-E. Dare. I think that this is the gruesome part of torpen, where it's yeah. I don't care. These people are struggling with addiction. I, my original goal was to help people. I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna go up to them and I'm gonna make them addicted to a different substance. That could potentially ruin their lives permanently.
0: Yeah. Ooh, I'm like, obviously, say, yeah, any again, drug can kill you,
1: but... Yeah. yeah. You, ta- you take an overdose of, you know, real-life drugs, none of which I will name,
0: because I don't know very many,
1: and you go to the hospital, you get your stomach pumped. If you take too much torpin,
0: you lose your emotions forever. That's just not something you have anymore. You take too much. Time I will to state for you the just record. Die. For the record. There are drugs that you cannot come back from an overdose from. Please. First of all, don't abuse drugs. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. And if you're going to, please do them responsibly. Exactly. Thank you. You know the Netherlands. I know. I know. I know
1: we're not in the Netherlands in this episode. <sighs> in the Netherlands in they have I don't remember if it's little structures or if it's in shelters. They have nurses that are not designed, obviously, that their only goal is to help administer drugs safely. So that way people are not killing themselves on drugs. And that way they have a safe place to go, even if they're going to do
0: the drugs. I feel like, I can't remember, but I think I heard about something like that opening in New York. I think it's such a useful thing because that's,
1: that's going to make people want to get help. Or even if it doesn't, it makes them alive enough to get help eventually. Mm-hmm. I would trust a nurse that was... I trust most nurses, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Someone comes up to me and, I'm, and it's like, I'm a nurse. And I'm like, okay, yeah, rad. We're besties. But I feel like that is a really great step for people to take is let, let's do it safely if you're going to do it. Yeah, This was the first organized ring of Torpen and sentio brewers. It was ridiculously expensive to sell, due to the high risk and testing process, but with someone overdosed, the price went down. He didn't care who he sold it to. It was just to get people to drink it. He just had to get people to drink it, but one person was never enough. Two people was never enough. Three, five, twenty-seven, nothing was ever enough. With the recipe shared with quite a few other people, it began to get exchanged amongst different groups. Unfortunately, as one of the users had a competitive streak stronger than Notley's, they all ended up dead after he overdosed and felt the best move was to take out his brewing competition. This was quick. That's what no emotions does to you. It does. You take other people out. And he didn't think about the consequences. You you just start murdering. You just start killing. He wanted to make money, and technically he did, until the government was like, Hey,
0: whoa, dude. That's a that, lot. How did you get a hold of this? This was very illegal and a prescription drug that only existed for a few
1: years. This was quickly covered up, as you can expect. Records were taken, but little did they know they would never see the end of Torpen Incentio, as they would continue to sell in the black market for decades to come. Torpen Incentio did end up mildly addictive, not due to their potion ingredients, but for the effects themselves. Not everyone wants to cope with day to day life, and some people want to feel like they're on a roller coaster whilst walking down the stairs. It's not a great coping mechanism, but you know, you don't have any other ones.
0: My therapist wouldn't approve. No. No therapist would approve. Therapists listening? No.
1: Don't approve.
0: Unless they were a bad therapist. Yeah. In which case Or an
1: eighteen hundreds therapist. Torpen brewers were generally Torpen users that overdosed and then became unable to feel anything. If they had not overdosed, brewers would not sell it without trust, but with the right brewer, with no emotions, they will sell for personal gain. With time and plenty of hiding on the magical government's part, the drug became less and less known, but it was never truly away.
0: That's unfortunate. This dude started a drug epidemic that outlasted his decade. I can
1: tell you that in 1943... It is still accessible.
0: He just couldn't handle the concept of a woman having feelings, so he brewed up a little... Me stir my little pot. Little danger potion. Let me stir my pot. And distributed it. Yeah.
1: Stir my pot. I'm not a fan remove of this guy. The, remove the emotions. Slurp, slurp, slurp. Yeah. I don't know if I was going to leave that segment in, but I said off-camera, or off-voice, I guess, I wanted to point out that torpin, because of its slow-moving properties, although it moves like water, it moves super slow, people often choked on it. It was dangerous to consume because it moves slower than something that humans typically
0: consume. And you don't know what to do with that liquid that's slowly trickling down your throat. Yeah. So, dangerous in a multitude of ways. Don't do drugs, Uh, in conclusion. That's the... The big thing of this episode, don't especially do drugs. Not, especially not magic, addictive, emotion drugs. Yeah. Don't do those. Don't do
1: those. It's never a good idea. No. no matter how much you think it might be no. a good idea, it's not. It's not a good idea. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Send in your thoughts, theories, questions, and comments to untruecrimethepodcast at gmail.com, all lowercase for a chance to be featured at the end of the season during our Q&A. Bye! I guess. (laughs) Bye! Don't do drugs!